most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker, a comedian, and their fabulous guests look through the 80s movies we think we love or might have missed with these, our modern and steel yet delicate eyes. Uh, And today we're talking about Steel Magnolias, a movie selection from 1989. Here we go! I don't want to have to kill you. Don't you threaten me, Drum Eatington. Drum would never, ever point a gun at a lady. Your husband is a boil on the butt of humanity. TriStar Pictures presents... Well, this is it. You're finally rid of me. Sally Field. I think you'll be back every now and then. Dolly Parton. How's your family? Louie brought his girlfriend home, and the nicest thing I can say about her is all of her tattoos are spelled correctly. Oh, I miss Ugh, leave me alone. Shirley MacLaine. I'm not crazy, Malin. I've just been in a very bad mood for 40 years. Daryl Hannah. Miss Drew, I swear to you that my personal tragedy will not interfere with my ability to do good hair. Olympia Dukakis. Looks like two pigs fighting on the blanket. <laughs> Julia Roberts. I'm gonna make you very happy. I want a child of my own. Your poor body has been through so much. Why would you deliberately do this to yourself? Diabetics have healthy babies all the you time. You are special, Shelby. Time <laughs> has made them close. Life. She's gonna have a baby. Go get a doctor. Has made them friends. <laughs> Steel Magnolias. The funniest movie that will ever make you cry. Um, that's a really good tagline. The funniest movie that will ever make you cry. It's like a bold claim, and yet that would make me go see a movie. <laughs> Are you ready to cry? Yes. But also laugh periodically throughout. Yes, also. Like, that's a whole genre all on its own. Sure is. Hi, I'm Chrissy Lenz, uh, director of the Neighborhood Comedy Theater and podcast comedian. And that other voice you heard is filmmaker Nathan Blackwell. Hi, I'm Nathan Blackwell. Dot, I don't dot, know how dot. to ever do these. Filmmaker. Yeah. Don't worry. You're six. You'll really catch on. And with us today, we have a very special guest. Someone I've known for a very long time and done improv with, who is not only a multiple Emmy-winning producer of so many fabulous things, and the longtime girl boss of the Phoenix Film Festival. Oh yeah, yes. I did that too. I keep on forgetting all the stuff I've done. I was like, "Are you talking about me?" I am, uh, and is now at the Valley Youth Theater, which is like. The place for youth theater in uh, Arizona is. has churned out so much talent that people in the world have heard of. I mean, um, I'm not going to drop any names here. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Kamiko <laughs> Glenn. Charity Dawson. Max yeah. Crum. I mean, I could go on, but I won't. You know, of course. Why would you? Everyone Why would I? knows. <laughs> Jordan Sparks. But then, no, no, no. Let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> I love Jordan Sparks. Um, yes, Valley Youth Theater is where it's at. So I'm so yes. excited for you to be here to talk with us about a film and a play which crosses over 
Um, yeah, it's like both of my things. I'm Leanne, by the way. Did oh, you I say didn't, my name? I, did I, I didn't say your name. No, I don't. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I just said lots of things about you and figured right. that people would read my mind and know that you are Leanne. The woman like, who needs no introduction. I'm like, that's Leanne Dolan. We know who she is. Let's I get on. Knows. Um, <laughs> Leanne, have you seen this movie? Is it a favorite of yours? Have you seen the play? So, the movie, I, okay. The I, I was trying to think if I've seen the play. There was like this point where I went to like, when I was in sixth grade. No, it wasn't out in sixth grade. So no, I haven't seen the play. I have seen the movie. Is it a favorite? Ah, I mean, we can talk. We can talk about the movie itself. But I have seen the movie many times because, you know. Uh, you know, there, there was that whole there was that whole point in like the late 80s, early 90s where, where they're like everything was Southern and it was like yeah. you had to watch Southern movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, that whole yeah. point. Like so, yes, I've Driving Miss Daisy was like the right. pinnacle of that period. Right. Which actually, didn't it win the Oscar like in 89, 90? Yeah, it did. Probably I, I believe it did. You're yeah. going to have to we're going to have to check that. But yeah. And, and when you were like, oh, yeah, Steel Magnolias, I immediately thought of, like, my favorite scene from it. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's not Steel Magnolias. That's Fried Green Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. That's Fried Green Tomatoes. Yeah, so- yeah I, 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 I told someone that um, yeah, that I was going to be watching Steel Magnolias. She goes like, oh, that's the one with Deborah, where Deborah Winger dies at the end. It's like, no, is it? no, no. That's beaches. No, yeah. no, that's that's uh, terms of endearment, isn't oh, terms it? Terms of endearment. <laughs> I got it wrong. Trying to correct you on what it is. Yeah, all the that this it is the genre of movie, like funny, heartwarming movie, but you will cry because we will try to make you cry. As like, oh yeah. Let me make some predictions. There's going to be troublesome family. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some people disagree about how others should proceed with their lives. Um, there's some weirdos who enter into the picture, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, but they all come together when someone dies, and then there's a baby, probably. Yeah, probably. And a don't baby. don't forget quippy older ladies. Yes, yeah. Quip, quippy horny old, older ladies. Yes, always, always quippy older ladies who need some. I mm-hmm. I that I stand horny old ladies though so, like. <laughs> I am here for it. Um, you're like, that's my goal in life. I yeah. don't know what you're talking about. If uh, I can be a quippy old lady I'll who's get just there. like going through the retirement home, we'll be good. Oh, hell yeah. And I want to also solve mysteries. So if we're taking orders. Okay. <laughs> I wanna that's, a whole nother, that's a whole nother genre. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just for a just for an update, Rain Man won the Best Picture in 1989. Okay, um, but Driving Miss Daisy was was right up there. But uh, yeah, Rain Man took it home. Um, they, I, think, yeah. I think I think Driving Miss Daisy was 1990. Well, uh, 1989. No, for the Oscars. Oh, for yeah, the that Oscars? would be the 1990 it's, Oscars. Yeah. Oh, so. Driving mistakes. So it's delayed by one. If it came out in 89, then it's the 90s Oscars. Then it's the 90s Oscars. Yep. Mm-hmm. 62nd annual. And Daniel Day Lewis won for My Left Foot. And Denzel Washington won for Glory. And Jessica Tandy won for Driving Miss Daisy. And yep. Brenda Fricker won for My Left Foot. What a year. What a year. Um, <laughs> what a year for feet. For feet and driving. And driving. <laughs> uh, so this movie is like, it's. We usually talk through the like movie sort of chronological, but 
chronological, uh, but this movie is like in seasons. So we start with the season of Shelby's wedding, and it's like a young, fresh, adorable, gigantic smile Julia Roberts, who is getting ready for her wedding day. And she says at some point that the wedding's at two, but the sheer amount of what they accomplish in the day before the wedding is is shocking. Yeah, I I felt like, you know, that first shot where like Daryl Hannah is walking, you know, first of all, props to the costume department for finding glasses to put on Daryl Hannah so we could disguise her as like, She's not the most beautiful person in the entire world. She's really nerdy and ugly. We put glasses on her. Um, She's like walking through the town and she sees like all of this stuff, this hubbub going on at the, at the house. And like, that must've been at like. I detect a hubbub. Yeah. There's a hubbub. Uh, That must've been at like six in the morning. Right. Because all of that stuff happens before the actual wedding. So you know, yeah. all the champagne glasses are broken and the... Mm-hmm. And Tom you know. Skerritt is shooting birds out of a tree. I mean, that really a... stressed me out. Yeah. <laughs> you and the dog. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the brothers. So the dad, the father of the bride and the two little brothers of the bride are all like determined to get these birds that like are doing no one any harm. We just assume they are, they might poo on someone, even though there's a tent, but there's a tent. I mean, this is, yeah, that's the ultimate in uh, 80s movie logic is that right. we need something for the, for the man to do here. The ineffectual man mm-hmm. as, as a, all men are in this movie, pretty ineffectual. I have experience in being the ineffectual man. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> you should have been in this movie, Nathan. Yeah. It was like the men were seriously there because it was like, you know what? We, we can't just not put a man in this movie. Mm-hmm. It can't just it's be true. all ladies. And the, the play itself has has no men. Uh, yeah, the play is only the six women, and it, it not it only in the beauty shop? Like, the whole play is only in the beauty shop? I believe... I believe so? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. But yeah, I mean, it's only the six women. There's no men in it. And so when you're making... A, obviously, when you're making a Hollywood movie, you have to put... Right. Men in it. I'm surprised they didn't just like, you, yeah. They, they it, had but... to ex- they they had to ex- they had to put dogs in it too. Yes, of course, men and dogs. Yeah, that's what, the, the, that's the, the number one movie. The interesting thing is that the so I was fascinated just watching like the adaptation from a play to a movie because it actually was written by the same guy who did the play, mm-hmm. the, the screenplay, screenplay, which is rare. Yeah. So the screenplay was actually written by the same person and just like expanding, like I'm sure they had long dialogue, you know, about talking about their relationship with their husband and how he's always creating a mess and things like that. And now they get to actually like visualize some of these stories or things that they talked about, kind of like the expanded universe of actually getting able to, to see things outside of the the beauty parlor. Mm-hmm. I saw, I, were there times, Nathan, just like from filmmaking perspective, like, were there times where you're like, oh, yeah, this was a play? Oh, it yeah, 100%. It's like when they all, so obviously when um, it, 
there's a lot of like exposition in their dialogue where they're talking about like who's relation to who or they're sussing out like other people's backstories. But it's almost always when everyone is together Mm -hmm. and just kind of like, you know, like there was a scene where um, they were all gathered around the car and it was it it, it was uh, and then they were doing like the Easter eggs in in the car and just all of them each having a moment and having their asides and. It's like, oh, yeah, this totally was a a moment from the play. Yeah. I felt that when she was describing, when Julia Roberts was describing her wedding. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, and my reception, my reception is going to be like this. And and it's just like, boy, I could literally be watching a play right now. Mm -hmm. Which is like, it's actually one of my least favorite genres, movies or plays that are turned into movies, but still feel like plays. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a genre it's, in and of itself it's it's so tough you know you you've got to yeah. still kind of like you know be you know faithful to the the original material but yet how do you make it so people aren't just talking about everything that's going to happen instead of seeing it you know right well is there a difference between like i mean in the viewer's experience between like if you see like hamilton it's just like nope this is a play we put a camera here we put a camera here we put a camera here you're seeing the stage we're not pretending that we're in these places you're seeing the stagecraft uh versus like no it's a real world and now not only is there a beauty parlor there's also a backyard Yeah, I mean, you see, you know, you see that a lot. And, and I, I did feel it here. Like, clearly, if they when they were in the beauty parlor all together, it's like that was probably just like ripped from the stage performance. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the best part, I felt, because that's when you get all of the women uh, really being the characters that you signed up for, you know, which is mm-hmm. like Dolly Parton and her never ending quips. Which, you know, I had a lot of uh, Southern lady uh, great aunts and stuff who who were just full of all of these sayings where you're like, was there, did you take a class? Was there a class? (laughs) Where you just like have to go through a little book and like, so you have everything like memorized. I remember one time my aunt Edith yelled at my father and said, "Uh, Mr. Stewart, if you point that thing at me, you better hope it's made of chocolate or it's that it's your size because you're going to either eat it or wear it. And I was like, how did she just have that in her back pocket? <laughs> how did she know? Amazing. How did she know? And like, so this the gentleman who wrote the play clearly found the textbook from Southern Lady Quips <laughs> 101. Yeah, I, think, I think it was like, I think they shot it in like his hometown. So I think like, it's a lot of it. I, I read that a lot of it was like based off of his sister and it was for his mm-hmm. sister who uh, mirrors Shelby's predicament in the whole thing. And, uh, but, but yeah, it was based on his thing on his uh, hometown. So I'm sure he had a, a lot of those ladies that can pull a quip out. And just, and just be ready with it. Like just be ready with yeah. it. Even if I wrote it down in a journal, I have to be like, oh, now here's an opportunity. Uh, I have to practice. Louisiana, we've got to start doing our homework and practicing our quips. Yeah, Yeah. you have to practice your quips. Be like, are you going to eat that or point it at me? No, I messed up. (laughs) That was my opportunity and I let it go by. I'm the worst Southern lady ever. 
Yep. <laughs> and but all these southern ladies are like, well, not all, but some of them are very, very rich and wealthy and fancy and run this town. And then some of them are like blue collar here to do your hair for a living and, you know, wear Daryl Hannah disguise glasses. And then <laughs> Shelby is like the person from the next generation. So in 1989, she's going to take us into the 90s with her forward thinking ideas. Although, and it, we're just skipping way ahead, surprisingly, this film has not terrible attitudes toward gay people. <laughs> Was anyone else surprised? Oh my god! <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, we could like it's first of all the fact that like so so the quip right the 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 quip is that you know that somebody is gay when they have track lighting and are named <laughs> what is it Mark Steve or somebody yeah uh-huh. but like. You know, and everyone's like totally, the ladies are totally cool with it, but that's always how it's been, right? It's always been like the ladies are like, yeah, you want to be gay? Whatever. I don't really care. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But the men have always been like, Argh. so, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, but I just thought, I, I thought that was really cute mm-hmm. as a, as a lady who grew up, Mark Ricker Steve, Mark, Mark Ricker Steve, Steve mm-hmm. is, is, uh, equals gay. Trap lighting. And Mark and the name Mark Rick or Steve and that equals gay. Yeah, so, which would be really hard for anyone who works in a gallery or someplace where track lighting is a necessity. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you hire a Mark, a Rick, or a Steve. So might as well. Yeah. Well it's a small town. Uh, but the <laughs> in the in addition to the seasons of these women's life, we start with the the spring, right? The wedding. And we right. learn in that that the scene of this movie that Julia Roberts is a is diabetic and uh, that she has a that it's very serious because she's like having a great time talking about blush and bashful blush and, so and bashful pink and pink, pink one and- shade is much deeper <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden she's like shaking and out of control and uh, she has to drink her juice Shelby. Drink the juice, Shelby. Drink the juice, Shelby. <laughs> I've got candy. No, she needs juice. She needs juice. This is the kind of diabetes that doesn't do candy. It does no, juice. It does the juice. And uh, and she's very, very sick. And like the mom is saying she shouldn't work after she's married. She's a nurse, but she shouldn't stay on her feet because she's she's so ill that if she doesn't drink juice regularly she will she could go into insulin shock and like you know have very serious consequences and and also in that whole before the wedding of this movie we learn that she is told she shouldn't have children and that dylan mcdermott wants to marry her anyway and that they will likely adopt but you can tell right you can tell yeah we know what's gonna happen yeah, mm-hmm. but we okay. So I'm not very familiar with diabetes types or anything. the The Julia Roberts seizure that she has in the in the beauty parlor was like, I don't know what. I guess it was kind of frightening, but also kind of strange. Like, do do diabetics have like those kind of like. Where, where they're like, drink the juice, Shelby. And she's like pushing it away and shaking. And, mm-hmm. you know, I like, is that a thing that happens? 
Yeah, that's I mean, a great question. She she also was like, stop it, mama. You're embarrassing me. When it's like, well, you are having a seizure. Yeah, and we're you're all having trying a... to help. Right. Um, and then, like, all of a sudden, because you're diabetic, you go into this, like, extra reality space where it's like all the people who are trying to help you aren't trying to help you. They're there to embarrass you and not give you juice. And so we're going to push the juice away. But yet... Mm -hmm. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough. I about... took it as a source of like steel magnolias. They're all very tough, but yet she is very fragile. Her body is fragile, and she. So it's it's like when she goes into a seizure, she's angry that it's happening. That this reality is is coming up. That it's happening. You know, it, it, it's like her whole arc is that. She's going to live the way she's going to live despite her limitations, despite her weaknesses, you know? Right, right. And so I feel like it's more of a her angry, you know, it's like she has, she wants to have the perfect life. She wants to have the perfect wedding. She's going to have kids. She's going to do what she's going to do, you know? Right. And so. Well, and I did read that the, that the movie got somewhat criticized for being like very worst case scenario of like type one diabetes. Like this mm. is like all heightened past a 10 worst case scenario, worst case scenario on top of worst case. But scenario. It's based off of a real story, right? Exactly. It's yes, based on it's this his, guy's lived experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, also as a, as a fellow nine inch nails fan, Chrissy, wasn't that, um, I don't know if you remember <laughs> it, but the, uh, when she was having the seizure, it was very, uh, it was very like Trent Reznor scored it oh. when she's having the seizure. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going like, huh? Did Trent and Atticus score this part? Because it's like dun dun dun. I was like, we could look at the credits, I guess. They well, did it, clearly. <laughs> I but maybe it inspired them because you know their film work is now what we all know them for. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, they, they, they can't just say that they were inspired by Steel Magnolias. Right. It could be true. Yes, it could be true. But, the, but they really, how metal they is really... that? <laughs> super metal to be super inspired metal. if you're Trent Reznor and being like, yeah, my uh, my biggest inspiration was A, heroin and B, Steel Magnolias. Those two things. Um, but but like but they really upped the like you know, the, the severity of it with this, like, very dramatic music, this, like, huge seizure. She's, like, clearly messed up her hair. And then when she mm. comes out of it, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, it's it was this, I just felt everything was just, like, really big. Oh, yeah. And obviously clearly played for the, you know, Melodrama. played for the drama of the scene. Yeah. Um, I thought the the fighting between um, Sally Field and Julia Roberts in the in the beginning wedding scenes to me on this viewing was a little over the top. I I was like, wow, you are kind of being a dick, Julia Roberts. Like, <laughs> calm down, yeah. Shelby. She's like, yeah. you told Daddy to get the birds out of the tree. This is your right. fault he, that he's out there shooting on the tree. Right. And it's like, what? She's also... You like, should have drowned my brothers. What? Yeah. What? Really? Because <laughs> it's your wedding day and they're like, you know, teenage boys? We should have drowned them? Well, they are kind of dicks. Yeah. Well, yes. but well again, also, like, ineffectual men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and let's just, for, let's just stop for a moment. Sally Field is like the MVP here. Like she it's like Jessica, uh, Julia Roberts. She won the Oscar for her performance, but I feel like 
Sally Field no. is is really the one that mm. is killing this movie, like in no. a good way. She she's definitely, and especially at the end. Not that we'll we'll talk about it later, but especially that monologue at the end, mm-hmm. where she goes through eighty seven thousand different emotions in the span of like two and a half seconds, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that was some. She's the one. Mm-hmm. Turns out she's pretty good at acting. Acting. <laughs> <laughs> she ends every take with acting. Acting. Thank you. That's uh, how yeah, it's done. She should, she should do it professionally. She should. Mm-hmm. She's so great. Although my 16-year-old daughter kept being like really confused about how Sally Field was supposed to be Julia Roberts' mom. She's like, wait, that's the mom of this character? She kept trying to make it somebody else. Like... I'm like, no, no, she just, you know, they're Southern women. They have their babies young. Right. Um, But you could even see the difference in Sally Field from the initial, uh, you know, the all the different stops for her in this movie. Oh, it's my daughter's wedding. We're not going to fuss over her because she had a, a insulin shock seizure. You know, she's just sad. She can't have a baby. Oh, wait, she is going to have a baby. This is bad times. But thankfully, all my lady friends are here to help me focus on the joy. And then when you know later at the beauty shop that they're about to do a kidney transplant and she's accepted it. She can joke about it. She's accepted it. She's gone through it all. And we got to go through it with her, which is like Mm -hmm. so lovely. Um, And Sally Field, man is amazing julia roberts is amazing but like the supporting cast of women are also pretty great you got oh yeah <laughs> dolly parton no i mean come on dolly parton Don't... we talked about daryl hannah we've got olympia dukakis and shirley mclean um yeah. all in there kicking in their two cents mm-hmm. and then all of our ineffectual men yes, yes. yeah Which... tom, tom scarrett and sam shepherd sam shepherd what? Yeah. Sam, Sam Shepard. Shepard. Yes. That's crazy yeah. that he's in this movie he's, to me. Sam Shepard is spud. He's so he's and he's spud. so depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a depressing character who like doesn't want to go do anything with like vibrant, wonderful Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be pretty end. depressed, right? You got to be pretty depressed to be like, you know what, Dolly Parton, you are not cheering me up. Yeah. Sorry, I, your I clips go to can't do it for me. Uh-huh. I will not go to a picnic with you. I will not go to a wedding. He didn't go to the wedding. Yeah. Spud was not at the wedding. How could you not go to the wedding with Dolly Parton? The blush and bashful wedding of the century. So much pink at that wedding. And so many bridesmaids and so much hat. Um, it was mm-hmm. glorious. So like, much hat. Uh, you got to go to that, Sam Shepard. Write a play about it. Um, also, can, can we talk about the armadillo? Yes, please. I mean, to miss that groom's cake is a is a is a shame. The groom's cake that was made by Aunt was it Aunt Kathy, something like that. The the aunt of aunt Dermot, Fern. Dermot McDermott, uh, the aunt of the husband, makes an armadillo cake gray frosting and red on the inside, so it really does look. And when we see it at the wedding, they've cut off the arms. And the legs. <laughs> I was like, this is truly horrifying. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, you don't want to go snout down. You don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to go snout down. I, I'm going to put that on a shirt, by the way. <laughs> don't go snout down. Don't, don't do ever it. go snout down. You go leg, um, leg. Yeah. Out. 
and then you know and then drum gets the butt uh yes because uh, uh shirley McLean and tom scarrett have this ongoing rivalry where uh and she has a rivalry with everyone apparently weza which this Weezer. movie is the first time i ever realized i always assumed it was weezer like the band um nope. <laughs> it's it's i had the sound uh translation on what what mm-hmm. was that close captioning close captioning yep. And it kept spelling it Weezer, like O-U-I-S-E-R, like she's French. And then I realized it's because her name is Louisa. Uh-huh. That everyone oh. called her Huiza. I ne- You know what? I never got the Louisa. That's an airplane going right. I on. never got it. I knew it was, but I, I knew it wasn't Weezer, like. Like the like band? Weezer. I knew it wasn't the <laughs> band. I knew it was O-U-I-S-E-R. But I just thought it was, you know, like like how you spell Bo, B-A-U-X. Right. Because we're in the South. You know. We gotta use extra letters. We gotta use all the letters that are dead. All the letters. I'll give you all these letters. <laughs> Surely we gotta use them. It also bothered me that her dog, her crazy dog, Weezer's crazy dog is named Rhett, which obviously is <laughs> Rhett Butler, right? Correct. Because uh, we're and, in the South. And then she's like, I hate movies because they're full of naked people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, well, obviously we you don't not... make Gone with the Wind. She, yeah. Oh, we do get and, naked and people she, in this. She's got. She is a big fan of buns. There are she naked did. people in this. I know. I was like, and we didn't even get naked people in it, but we did get naked people uh-huh. in it. Yeah, she she she's in a locker room, a sports locker room full of buns, using her little mirror to secretly spy on them. I missed that part, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, she pulls out her makeup mirror and she starts like rotating it to kind of look at the people behind her. Yeah. I missed that part. Mm-hmm. She is into it. And it's all like, so, you know, the story underneath the story is just all these women trying to like live their lives. And so Dolly Parton has her depressed husband who won't go to a picnic. Real bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olympia Dukakis, it, whose name is Clary is widowed by the former mayor of the town is that mm-hmm. right yeah clary uh, belcher which is like <laughs> unfortunate it is she's good there may there's maybe a bob's burgers connection way back maybe. there's southern the southern line of the belcher family <laughs> um, Shirley McLean is like also widowed, but is like went the other way with it. So there's like the benevolent widow who like goes to the openings of, of parks and, and is at every event. And then there's the grumpy widow who's just been in a very bad mood for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're kind of like on opposite ends of the social ladder, you know? Oh, right. They're... But it's the same ladder because we learn that Weezer has more money than God. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason why people talk to her. Uh, Chrissy, are you and I just going to like say lines from the movie in yes. this weird accent that we have? Yes, we mm-hmm. are. This we weird are accent that we're going. like making up as we go along. Blush and pink is my signature Bl- color. <laughs> Blush and bashful. Uh, it's so good. Um, oh, but like, I'm an ineffectual male. Where's your, Nathan, ineffectual male, where is your, mm. um, where's your accent? Where's your southern accent? Where's my southern accent? Okay, well, you can, yeah, no, we're good. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you can achieve puberty, you can achieve a past. Yeah, that's probably Very my good. favorite line in the movie. Don't can we me. can we just say really quick? Like, obviously, this is the '80s, but we have we have, we see 
a total of five African-American people and four of them yeah, are... Uh, it's like, oh, I see one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four uh-huh. of them are uh, are the servants in the Eastenton mm-hmm. household uh, doing the, the preparations. And then one was evidently hired to be a professional dancer at the wedding because we see him dancing quite a bit in the wedding. Oh, uh, the I wedding didn't footage. That yes. Um, so there is there is an African American attending the wedding. And uh, there is the nurse the at the very, very end right. is oh. a person of color, right? Yes. Mm. And the and the nurse is African American as well. Yes. Mm. And that's it. That's I it. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I don't is, remember seeing um, I did spot one Asian person. There's a baby of color choir. at the Easter thing at the very end. Yeah, and so, okay. this movie oh, lost out to Driving Miss Daisy in the Oscars. So yeah, it was not the best yeah. time for representation. No. All. And then you know the remake is an all black cast. The yes, the one. Well, it was on yeah. Lifetime, right? Right. Yeah. There's a remake of this movie. Yeah, a Lifetime yeah. version. But like, but but it's like with amazing actors. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and I'm not quite sure, like. I, I, like I believe it's Felicia Rashad, um, oh, is one of them. Look this up. That's awesome. Yeah. I I like that makes me think of like Death at a Funeral, which was a play that became a movie that was all white people and then was redone uh, with a Queen black Latifah cast. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Cool. I love it. Keep doing that. There's no reason yeah. why these have to be all white people. There's no yeah, reason. No, I at mean, all. because I was also thinking about it, and like, there is nothing in it that needs to be white people. Mm-mm. I think it does need to be southern, but like, like even that could change. You know, it's just about a small town, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the one of... thing, because it was southern, I didn't overly feel like I was watching an '80s movie. Mm-hmm. because like it was already a period piece being like it was a southern piece sure yeah the dominant yeah. thing in your face was the southern aspect was the southern so i wasn't feeling like i was watching an 80s movie because like i could explain a lot of the costumes away because it was southern right yeah. so <laughs> so it's not you know like mm-hmm. and like so i i just kind of was like oh yeah it's a it's a it's a southern movie it's not really an 80s movie yeah, the, there was a scene um, where the Weeza and Clary are buying food to feed the ineffectual men while the women are having their kidneys swapped. And she just is buying so much food. And my daughter was like, oh, OK, I get it. So the Southern women are just like old Italian grandmas. They have to feed you or, yeah. they, or they can't function. It's like, yeah, that's that's the only way they know how to cope with trauma is to feed you and feed you and feed you. And the men, well, and the can, men can't cook and they like pork and beans. Right. They can open a can. Exactly. I bought, she bought like tons of meat. And by the way, she just threw the meat into the cart without putting it in a bag first, which like to me is disgusting. But whatever, it was the 80s. We lived she, dangerously. She threw the beans on top of it. Like I... She could have punctured that plastic in the. <laughs> that's what I think cross about. Cross contamination mm-hmm. happening. Cross contamination. Uh, so after the uh, kidney transplant, so she does. Julie Roberts does have a baby, uh, and then she's just she really has done it now, and her kidneys are kaput. She gets a Sally Field kidney, and everything mm-hmm. seems to be fine. But of course, it's not. On Halloween, she falls down and dies. 
Uh, well, we but we didn't talk uh, about the the big transition in Julia Roberts' life, which is the fact that she cuts her all of her hair off. Yeah. That's a big dis, and it, isn't that a cliche that like once women get married and have kids, they cut off their beautiful hair, which they use to lure you. Right. Yes, they lured you in with the hair. <laughs> I gotcha. Now I will cut and off then, the hair. Yeah, and now that she is the wife of a very rich Louisiana lawyer, she can cut it all off. I thought she looked like Jean Smart mm-hmm. uh, when she did it, like from the show that's on TV right now. I was like, this is not, this is not a look for her. Yeah, it's a as a as a woman who has worn a variation of the pixie cut her whole life. It's like, uh, it's not for everybody. Don't try and come into our pixie cut territory, no. Julia Roberts. You don't belong here. You you gotta know, like you gotta know if you can pull it off. Like Chrissy, you can pull it off. I cannot. There's no way in a million years I can pull off a cutie patootie pixie cut. Uh, Julia Roberts and I. Are, have something in common there yes absolutely we have something in common and she but i i really do love the scene where she's like i don't know what i think of it i don't know what i think of it i don't know what i think of it sally field says she likes it oh, i'm fine i'm okay i'm okay with although i bet jackson had something to say about it when she got home like i'm sure he was like <laughs> yeah. look we'll focus on the kidney thing for now but we're gonna right. talk about the hair yeah but we're circling back yeah we, we can you can grow it out like that's what I think. <laughs> oh, well, you can grow well, hair it grows. Hair yeah. grows. And I don't feel like it's low maintenance. No. Oh, like no, no. Low. She's like, I wanted a low maintenance hairstyle. And I was like, honey, that is going to take you. That's not just like throwing yeah. gel in it and going. Low maintenance no. is just a hair tie, you know. That's long hair. You put it up in a one of those clips. You know, one of I know you all can't see this right now, but I literally have my hair in a ponytail. Yay. It is in a ponytail. Mm-hmm. Done. You too, Nathan. I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the easiest. I used to have a ponytail way. in high school. Yeah. It's the easiest way, and um, uh, yeah, you're you're teasing that, you're blow drying it, you're doing as much as as possible. Um, and she like envisions this life for herself. And Julie Roberts does say, uh, or Shelby says she'd rather have three minutes of wonderful and rather than a lifetime of nothing special. And it's like, okay, but you don't, okay. you don't. It doesn't have to be a go big or go home situation. Like, yeah, you could maybe have taken better care of yourself and had a lifetime of wonderful. Why is that? Why is it either three right. minutes? Or or a lifetime of nothing special. How about a lifetime of wonderful where you just like drink your juice, Shelby? Right, just drink your juice, Shelby. Just drink it. People know, like she leaves the hospital and it's clear that she can tell she's not feeling well. And and then she's like, oh, I'm gonna pick up my two year old son, even though I know that I shouldn't be doing that. And then okay, maybe don't do those things. Like I get that you want to live like you don't have an issue, but. This is the consequences that she falls into a coma. How long was she in that coma? Was it like a day or did you get the impression it was like three days or a week? I got a three day impression. Okay. I got a three or three or four day impression. I don't think it wasn't a day. I don't think it was as long as a week, but she, because she, cause right. It was Halloween, right? Cause she's like, we're going to go trick or treating. And then, you know, Jackson comes home and you have, I mean, 
a crying, screaming baby. Mm-hmm. That's like the, that was the only part of the movie that really affected me was like when the baby is like on the ground screaming and then pointing mm-hmm. outside and Jackson is like, Shelby, Shelby, Shelby? where are you? Yeah, they, where they, are you? They dramatize that very well from yeah. the point of view of not the, of not of Julia Roberts, but of the people who are finding her. Right. You know? And so you get two moments that are really well done back to back. You got um, D- uh, Dermot Mulroney, not uh, Mulroney, uh, Derm- Dermot, Who's the other one? Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott comes home, finds the kid crying, sees like the f- the food is boiling away, and right. you get and then it just pans over and she's lying unconscious, splayed out on the ground with the phone wrapped around her. Like that's like the startling moment that we have of coming in and finding someone like passed out or dead you know yeah. we, we kind of get that real experience and then the, and then the next the next shot is sally field just walking down a long 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 hospital corridor by herself yeah. just kind of picking up steam yeah and we feel her stress we feel the anxiousness of what she's gonna experience i kind of also thought like in that walk there was a little bit of like, I swear to God, when I see her, I'm going to yell at her because mm-hmm. she was doing too much and I knew she was going to do too much. I told her she was doing too much and then now she's done too much and she's done it and she's put herself in a coma. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I yeah. felt like there was like that part of it too, which so like, I agree. I think that like those two scenes were probably the most the most effective scenes in the entire movie because mm-hmm. like, because Sally Field said so much with her like stop, determined stop, stop. slash pissed slash worried walk down that hallway and that was really really great that is yeah. such a good observation yeah yeah she, her, she her heart is breaking but she's furious at her she's daughter furious. you know she's like furious her heart is breaking she's worried she's like you know uh, sally field man she Sally should Field. do this for a living. She should. Mm-hmm. She's quite good. And then as soon as as soon as they pulled the plug on Shelby, uh, you know, the dad walks out, the husband walks out, and she stays. And then as soon as she as she emerges, it's like we're gonna need this pink suit. You're gonna have to call this funeral home. Like she's already yep. in triage mode as the mm-hmm. mom, and then she she realizes she could hold she could be holding the baby, and she runs out to get the baby. Right, Um, because that's what she has left and then we get that like the whole funeral scene is you know we get as much setup to it as we do almost the wedding scene but this time we get Sam Shepard like really dropping some science on us about how he feels bad for them and it's like wow Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. Um, and then that beautiful scene where the funeral's over everyone's leaving and all the the women are like nope we gotta go have a big moment yeah. um mm-hmm. and they they all they go have they go uh, their their academy acting. award moment they do <laughs> and but i i love the so sally field is being like i'm so angry i want to just hit someone and make them feel as bad as i do and the olympia dukakis is like Hit Weezer! Hit, hit Weezer! Of course! 
And truly, like, yes, like, that's exactly what was needed in that. Like, I know, mm-hmm. like, Weezer gets mad. But, like, that's exactly what was needed in that. Because truthfully, like, so we see, you know, Sally Field has this Academy Award winning moment mm-hmm. uh, where, where all of the grief that she's had, because she doesn't, because what you just said, Chrissy, is true. She doesn't let it out when she is in that when she's sitting there holding Shelby's hand while Shelby dies, she comes out. She's like all business. Mm -hmm. She's She's like, I got to go find this baby. So she finds the baby. She holds the baby, but she has not let any of this out. And so she held it together for the funeral. And then, you know, as if the rest of the ladies are like, she's, she's has to lose it in a second here. We got to go help her. So they yep. go over and they, you know, they help her so she can lose it. And it's just like explosion of anger and grief and understanding and not understanding and Academy Award winning material. Yep. And even Daryl Hannah gets to have that lovely moment, uh, which is so frustrating, but so real of like trying to offer <laughs> a religious like. Right. What a wonderful funeral. Here are my strong religious beliefs, you know. Right. I would have punched her. I would have just <laughs> who's, had, like, who's had that experience before? Oh, yeah. I have. Yeah. Um, I, I thought even, like, Tom Skerritt and, you know, Sam Shepard did some nice, very subtle, ineffectual man acting where they're like, oh, Sally Field is clearly struggling. Should I go? Uh, Olympia Dukakis and Dolly yeah. Partner on it. I'll let them handle this. They've got it. They're not They've wrong. <laughs> they're not wrong. By um, the way, did you notice that the the flowers were blush and bashful? I did, and it made me so that made me happy. I was like, the it flowers are blush and bashful. Um, and so yeah, so it's I mean that is this movie. Like life goes on. They find Easter eggs. They they're gonna tell Jack. And then the, the movie story. goes on for ten more minutes. It does. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So how blonde is Shelby's baby? That so is blonde. Not that is not Dylan McDermott's baby. No. I'm sorry, but it, that is the blondiest little blondie of a little blonde it's, kid. It's Dermot Mulroney's baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that baby did not did not ever. Uh, but her younger brothers both are like complete toehead oh, blondes. That's true. that's true. So what is it? Just it skips a generation. No matter. Yeah. Gregor Mendel would have something right. to say. There, there's a lot of uh, it, it skips a generation conversations, yeah. I think, in, in town. But in reality, is probably a little different. Yeah. <laughs> so and, uh, wait, can we talk really quick? Like absolutely. filmmaking wise about the helicopter shot, right? The last shot of the movie is a helicopter shot. Where, like, now it's a drone shot, right? But uh-huh. then, like, you know that they rented a helicopter for this last scene of them driving away. And so so we get a helicopter with all of its, like, janky helicopter qualities. Like, we can't, <laughs> can't keep the helicopter steady enough. So we have to uh-huh. end it on a freeze frame. Yep. But, uh-huh. um... But like just like filmmaking purposes, I'm like, thank God for drones now because like <laughs> right and and stabilization in post stabilization which they did not which they did not have. I I also thought Daryl Hannah could do so much better than that guy. Like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, what, what's the Daryl Hannah like? Because we put her in glasses, she, all of yeah. a sudden she's like not beautiful anymore, and then like. I am not a fan of her journey. No, like no. she she lost her glasses. She looked better in the glasses. 
She got super religious in people's faces, you know. Well, that's because she was she was super she was super slutty. She was super slutty, mm-hmm. and then she got super religious for like an afternoon, though. For, for an one, afternoon, for one season from she Christmas, went through the whole town in an afternoon. To Christmas, and like, <laughs> yeah, and then she has to be up in everyone's grill, like praying all the time. I agree. Like she, her, she seemed fun at the beginning. Then yeah. more fun, then less fun, and then she stayed at a very low fun angle. Right, and it's like and then you're like, hanging out with Dolly Parton. You should find your way to a middle ground. Right, and then like she meets emo bartender, <laughs> and like is like, oh hey emo bartender, and he's like, hey, and then they're together the entire rest of the until they get movie. married and have a baby. So they have a baby named Shelby. 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 Girl like, or boy. She could do a lot better than emo bartender. I agree. Like she should have uh Shelby should have been like introducing her to some handsome lawyer uh cast offs. Right. Know? This is the junior partner at the firm that Jackson works at. She was <laughs> he, Shelby was very invested in Weeza uh getting together with the uh the funny little man. Um <laughs> man ineffectual funny little man yeah Mm uh and i i completely agree with that of all of the women that we get to meet and know uh she's my least favorite not daryl hannah anel anel the character anel the character um so what do you guys like if on it's hard to rate this kind of movie, I think, because you're holding it up against beaches, you're holding it up against terms of endearment, you're holding yeah. it up against fried green tomato. It's like this is that genre of movie. So on a scale of one glass of juice being the least good to <laughs> ten glasses of juices being uh a perfect uh laughter through tears movie. Yeah. Where do you put Steel mm. Magnolias? Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's it, a tough it one. It really is. Yeah, I you know, you may have noticed I didn't have too much to say during <laughs> this episode. I admittedly this is I am not the target audience for the this movie, although I enjoyed quite a bit of it, you know? Like yeah, like I wanted to give it like it the movie deserves so this is based off of just like how it sits with me and and like how where it is for my own personal enjoyment. I think I'd probably give it a six mm. out of ten, just in terms of my like. I I know the movie is better than a six, but that's in terms of like it's in its value or entertainment value to me. You know the movie is better than a six. Yeah, I I feel like it is like just the level of performances, you know the and everyone involved. Like I feel like it's a. It's it's it its value is higher than my experience with it, but uh, yeah, that's I, I that's just my gut. Okay, I see that. Like the performances are a solid eight glasses of juice, yeah. right? But the yes. movie yes. itself sits much lower than that. So it probably <laughs> it's like a delivery vehicle for quick, right? Like there's a there's a trailer of this movie that is literally just like Sally Field, Daryl Hannah. Julia Roberts and a terminal Dolly disease. Parton, Olympia Dukakis <laughs> and Shirley MacLaine in Steel Magnolias, and like yeah. that's it. Like that's the trailer, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. 
So we don't care what happens in it. The men are ineffectual. So like, so the performances are eight, the ladies are eight, but like this movie is a right down the middle of the five. Like I, I finished it yesterday. I finished mm. it. I watched it again yesterday. I finished it. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that was still Magnolia. Like, yeah. you know, like that's, <laughs> that's what you say about it. Okay. I don't feel so bad though. I, I like that assessment. I feel like that is a very like, clean assessment of the quality of the movie and the quality of the performances i'm gonna cut the difference in the high to the higher range because i also think that this movie is re-watchable and like scratches an itch that there aren't a lot of movies being made right now that scratch that same itch so I think that I would uh, sort of split the difference and say uh, I give it a seven and a half because I think that it's still uh, like my whole family came and watched this movie with me. Like I turned it on alone and was like sitting there alone, folding laundry and taking my notes. And slowly but surely, they all drifted in and said, oh, steal Magnolias and like sat down and like we're eating popcorn and watching along. So uh, well, it's definitely popcorny because of the quips. Mm-hmm. Right? Did you have your like? Yeah quippy funny ladies there's nothing really too racy in it mm-hmm. so i think i give it except, i think i give except it except dude buns plenty of dude, dude buns. buns 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 um and so what about a deep cut recommendation so like i think it, this was tough for me to figure mm-hmm. out what my deep cut recommendation would be um and I couldn't think of anything. I think Leanne was just giving hers. Is it Girls Trip? No, it wasn't. Girls Trip oh, is not darn. my deep cut. <laughs> you know what? The, the, that's a that's a because Girls Trip is definitely like if they remade like if they remade Steel Magnolias, right? Mm-hmm. What is it going to have to be in order for people to watch it? And it has to be Girls Trip. Like yeah. that's where it has to go. But it's like Girls Trip with a bunch of old ladies, which is yeah another movie um (laughs) but like so okay so my deep cut and i don't know how deep like we were gonna get if we were gonna like go like indie or whatever but my deep cut is actually by the same screenwriter who Mm. talked to sally field and was like what do you like what what would you love to play and she's like i just want to be a a mean woman that can wear amazing outfits. And so then he, he wrote soap dish for her. Oh, that's such a good movie. So soap dish is going to be my deep cut. I don't, I know it's not that deep, but like, Oh, mine is less deep. deep. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay. That makes me feel better. Yes. Soap dish. So cause soap dish has the quippy quips, right? It has the like, funniness I'm, you're not crying through tears laughing through crying that's none of that but like i just think i'm gonna i'm gonna go with soap dish that's awesome. perfect i love it and what's yours nathan so uh, mine is like okay so this is a type of movie like this is a movie about the lineage of a family and i feel like like my my version of this movie is in terms of my sensibilities is parenthood, you know, like that's, that's, that is my personal taste is just more on the comedy aspect. But, and I feel like then for me, that's a backdoor to a a deeper connection to the drama, you know? 
and yeah. and there's there's not like the Oscar speech scene, you know, necessarily to where it someone has died. Like I mean, I the you know, it, and if I had to go, you know, adjacent to that kind of thing, I'd say the Royal Tenenbaums. You oh, know? I love the Royal Tenenbaums. But okay. I'd say. I'd say much more parenthood is my yeah. version of this this kind of story of of like the misfit families we can't all get along you know the weirdos that we bring into our lives and ultimately the story is just about the people rather than something sure you know both much better than mine uh, I'm gonna recommend a website that you can shop at which is called alwaysfits.com. Uh, what? They, Wait, so, what? Website for track lights. It's for track lights. No, it's uh, they sell gifts and home goods, and uh, it's where I do the majority of my Christmas shopping. And they they sell uh, a movie poster that I love where you scratch off the top 180s movies. So that's where I found the website. Uh, but they have a whole line of glassware that says, drink your juice, Shelby. Okay. <laughs> and so you can buy uh, a pitcher and a whole line of glassware that all say, drink your juice, Shelby. And I just think, what a great icebreaker at your next uh, women-only picnic. I like it. <laughs> okay. Drink your juice, Shelby. <laughs> And it, uh, I'll put a I'll put a link in when I post the episode, but it's alwaysfits.com. Alwaysfits.com. All right. Yeah, I don't know why it's called that because they really only sell socks, which would be something that would fit. Always. Always. Socks always fit. That's true. So we just solved the mystery. We solved. Um, I don't know why they called it this because they only sell socks that always fit, but it's called <laughs> alwaysfits.com. <laughs> Uh, Leanne, how can people support you and Valley Youth Theater? Tell us a little bit about how the people of the world can get involved at Valley Youth Theater. Sure. You know, Valley Youth Theater is really cool. We've been around since 1989. I actually was a Valley Youth Theater kid in 1991, not dating myself or anything, but it was a long time ago. We are online at VYT. Dot com. We have some amazing programs. It's not just kids on stage performing, which we have that, and the shows are amazing, but we also do some awesome programs for our community where we have reading programs for children in Title I schools. We have programs for children uh, from uh, all sorts of walks of life to give them their very first theater experience. Uh, we recognize the power of the trans transformational power of theater. And mm -hmm. we uh, believe that that power not only helps kids grow up and be uh, sure better actors, but we make kids better people. Absolutely. So you can learn more about us at VYT.com and come on out and see a show. Yes, they are. I highly recommend. Uh, they do amazing things out there. Yeah, it's like um, professional quality theater. And the only difference is that like instead of the people on stage being adults, they're children. Yeah, but they're doing as as good a work. It's like so impressive. Yeah. And it's so, so, so great, as you said, Leanne, for kids to get like that kind of like professional quality experience at that age because they just get that. It's like the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours thing. They're sure. starting so much further ahead. Um, yeah. I mean, it really is like, you know, 
if you tell a child like, oh, you're going to be in this, you know, this show, but it's just not going to be as good as like the ones on Broadway or whatever, then, then the show isn't going to be as good as the ones on Broadway. But if you sit there and you tell kids like, this is going to be the best thing you've ever done they're going to make it the best thing they've ever done. Mm-hmm. And like, if you sit there, you know, and, and for a lot of kids, they really feel that theater is out of their reach that yeah. like it's for other people, not for them. And sometimes children, they, they set their foot into a theater for the first time to see a play and just this like aura of magic comes over them and their eyes get wide. And it's the most amazing thing you've ever seen. I love Valley Youth Theater for that. So anything, uh, you know, we're a nonprofit. So uh, we love volunteers. We love, you know, donations. We love just coming down and seeing our shows. We love all of that. Excellent. Um, uh, Absolutely. And so, uh, Nathan, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, uh, Squishy Studios is the best place to check out our, our projects. Uh, we're not a, a non-profit, we're an unprofit. Yeah. <laughs> as many as many filmmakers are. Exactly. Yeah. We don't make we don't make money, we make movies. That's our logo. Yeah. So, um, I love it. Uh, so yeah, if you want to check out our, our past stuff or or um uh check out stuff that's coming down the line, um our, our web series Voyage Trekkers. Um, a lot of people know, um, and then we've been, we're in post-production on a feature film. Um, it's not Voyage Trekkers. It's called The Last Movie Ever Made. <laughs> um, uh, and so, yeah, they can, if they want to check us out, squishystudios.com or uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter. Technically, Instagram is um, I'm on more often. And totally worth supporting. Very great stuff uh, all around. And you can find me at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater in downtown Mesa, Arizona. Uh, You can listen to uh, all of the most excellent 80s movies podcast on True Story FM. uh, And catch me on the Saturday Matinee podcast on True Story FM. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Leanne. It was so wonderful to have you. I wish Thank I had a, a, I wish I had a quip. The only quip I have to end my podcast is that while y'all are out there in the world, remember to be excellent to each other and <laughs> to party on, dudes. Party, party on, on, dudes. Party on, party on. Party on. <laughs>